the Love, Heal, Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Erin Gray. And today we are talking about gratitude and why it works in bringing in the life of our dreams. We're going to talk about gratitude energetics as well as the map of consciousness. There's such incredible stuff here today. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. I'm so happy you are here. I'm so happy it's November. I'm so happy that we get to spend this time together. I'm so grateful for the huge uptick in downloads. So thank you. If you are new to my podcast, welcome. If you have been with me from the beginning, welcome. Grateful, grateful, grateful. I'm so grateful that we get to spend this time together every week. I would love to join in a larger, bigger, greater conversation with you. So please join me on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and comment on all my things. And of course, comment here as well. But I think there's more conversation than probably happens in those other spaces because I want to build a relationship. And I'm just so grateful we have as much as technology can absolutely drive me crazy. (laughs) I'm also so grateful for it because it allows us to do all these things and to be connected to people in all parts of the world. It's so incredible. But today we are talking about gratitude, one of my most favorite topics ever. I have run a Manifesting Through Gratitude group for two and a half years. And this group has created such magic together. It has been so incredible. We have done monthly awareness. We have engaged in different exercises and activities. And most importantly, we have witnessed each other's gratitude every single day. So you have to write down three gratitudes every single day. And why this works is we begin to seek out gratitude when when we know that we have to write it down and when we know we have to journal and be accountable to our gratitude, our subconscious mind begins to seek out and find things to be grateful for because there's certainly days that we've all had, myself included, where I got to gratitude time and I didn't feel so grateful. There was things that went awry or were frustrating in the day, but ultimately... There's so many things to be grateful for every single day, from our sight to our skin to our bodies that just inherently know how to live and breathe and love and do the things that they do, to the food and water that we have, to the sunshine, to the moon, to the oceans, to the mountains. I mean, there are so many things. Last year, I challenged you to write down 1,000 things you were grateful for in the month of November. I know at one point someone, I read somewhere on a blog that somebody did it all in one day on Thanksgiving, but I cannot do that. It takes me longer than that. But I did complete the thousand gratitudes last year. I do intend to complete the list of a thousand gratitudes this November too, because it created this incredible library of gratitudes for me to pull on when life got stressful. And it really is this really poignant moment. Once you hit that fourth figure, there is a shift in just how much gratitude exists here in our world and in our life. But if you're interested in doing group gratitude, 
you can create a group within yourself and create a Facebook group. Uh, you can stay tuned here in the springtime. There may be a mentorship program starting here, but I'm going to rest first. <laughs> I'm going to rest through December and January, and then there's going to be some cool, amazing group news arriving at that point in time. So stay tuned. But today for gratitude, Abraham Hicks is one of the original law of attraction teachers who, if you haven't heard of them, Google Abraham Hicks and then whatever it is that you are trying to shift in your life. And it is the most incredible advice that you could ask for on raising your vibration and attracting the life of your dreams. Whenever I feel upset about something, I literally put Abraham Hicks on the blank. So upset with someone, hurt by someone, in a cranky mood, any of those things, they have thousands and thousands and thousands of videos. It is awesome. One of the most awesome quotes I've heard them state is, every time you say, I appreciate that. I really like that. I applaud that. I acknowledge the value in that. Every time you do that, you spend some of your energy and it is the spending of the energy that creates a vacuum, so to speak, or an attraction, so to speak, that draws more and more and more and more. This was an excerpt from their Chicago event on November 2nd, 1997. But I love that visual. I absolutely love that visual of that as you are spending your energy in gratitude, you are creating this vacuum for what you are desiring. Because energy flows where attention goes. So if we are cranky about something, we are pushing it, we are repelling it away. But if we are showing gratitude for the pathway that is being laid brick by brick toward the thing we desire, then we will draw that in even faster. But I love this idea that we are expending some of our energy through gratitude, but then using that as the vacuum to draw it in even faster. How does gratitude work? Well, it is energetic. Law of attraction or gratitude teachers will often advise for you to feel into the way you want to feel. And this is totally true. And why this is true is just as I teach, our thoughts trigger our emotions, our emotions move energy and energy manifests physically. So by having the thought of what you desire, then you move toward the emotion of what that feels like that ignites the energy for it to begin to attract, for it to then show up physically. So for the very thing that happens within the body, we manifest through the body, we can also manifest the life of our dreams in the very same way. Our thoughts trigger our emotions, our emotions move energy, and energy manifests physically. In power, in the book, Power Versus Force, written by David R. Hawkins, he details this map of consciousness. So what he did is he used applied kinesiology, which is muscle testing, and he tested and determined and confirmed that every emotion has a different frequency and like attracts like. So if we are resonating 
in a grumpy mood and a grumpy energy frequency, then we are attracting grumpy things into our life. But as we raise that energy, we then attract higher vibrating people, circumstances, and events into our life. So what does that look like? So I will include a link down below to the map itself, but I kind of want to talk through some of this because I think it is so important to understand how important our feelings are and how important it is to work through those feelings so that we can elevate those feelings and our energy frequency. So on this chart, he names the emotion and then he has the energetic log, which is the energetic frequency. And then he talks about what the predominant emotional state is in the person that triggered that emotion. Then he goes on to talk about the view of life, God view, and the process. But I'm going to allow you to bask in that in the chart, but I am going to talk about the first three columns because I think it's really interesting and it is something to truly just take in and think about, maybe even journal on this because it is such a powerful way to draw in and manifest the life of our dreams. So it begins at the lowest in shame and it is an energetic frequency of 20. And the predominant emotional state here is humiliation. And think about that. When you have felt ashamed, what was happening? There was something that caused you to feel humiliated as often as a precursor to that shame. But we can also look at that and know when we feel ashamed. It's because we believe in black and white, that life is only supposed to be one way or the other way, but it turned out to be a totally different way. And we then feel frustrated and ashamed without realizing that the divine plan is perfect. And it's always preparing us. It's always readying us. It's always teaching us something so that we can be ready for what's to come. Guilt is at the energetic frequency of 30. And the predominant emotional state here is blame. When we feel guilty, we often blame people. People blame us when they feel guilty. It is such a tight partnership when we can look at guilt and blame together. And what is so interesting in the world of counter chakra is guilt can live in the throat chakra and blame lives in the sacral chakra. Isn't that fascinating? Wow, do I love the chakra system and the counter chakra system. (laughs) But the emotion of guilt, so guilt can actually cause energetic stagnation here within our throat chakra. So we get caught on our words. We maybe talk higher pitch or a lower pitch or louder because often people when they are lying talk louder because they have to push through the energy that's stagnant here in the throat chakra. So guilt can stagnate the throat chakra and blame lives in the second chakra, each of which is a counter chakra to each other. Apathy lives at the energetic log of 50 and the emotional state here is despair. And I would say that despair probably is the precursor to apathy when we just have no energy or feel hopeless. We don't really feel like there's any reason to try. And you know, they say energetically apathy is lower than anger, but they also say in relationship that apathy is far more dangerous than anger in a relationship because you've just given up at that point within apathy. 
grief comes in at 75. And the predominant emotional state with grief is regret. So when a chapter closes in our life or a person passes away, we are often riddled with regret that we should have, could have done something, been better, done something differently. But again, we go back to the trust in knowing that the divine path is always perfect. You have completed the course perfectly. We've all signed up for our life lessons before we ever even got here. So you've completed everything in perfection. And perhaps you helped someone learn lessons. Perhaps you learned lessons yourself. Either way, everyone's learning lessons. Everyone is being prepared for the blessings that are coming in. So so there is no need to have regret. And Dolores Cannon, who I talked about a lot last season, who wrote, who's written so many amazing books, but has also written Between Death and Life, where she talks about all of her hypnotherapy sessions with people who had had passed away in their sessions. So it actually covers the time between someone passes away and when they are born again. It's a fascinating, fascinating book. She completed the same process a thousand times and came up with the same answers between all of her clients. So the book is actually really fascinating. But one of the things that she talks about is that she confirmed that we all have different levels of energy use every life. What she did confirm is that we all have different energy levels within different lives. Some lives we're supposed to be super energetic and get a ton of things done. And some lives we are here to rest and We're all on a different path. We're all here for different reasons. So there is no comparing yourself to anyone else. You may be in a resting lifetime or you may be in an energetic lifetime, but trust and know if you're here for a resting lifetime, it's because you had to go through a lot of things the last time you were here and you're here to pick up some things. You're here to help maybe see the world in a different way and have more gratitude and appreciation. But trust and know there's no reason to regret any choices because we all are here on a specific assignment. And I will include the link to that book down below. It is incredible. Desire is coming in at 125 and the emotional state for this is craving. So that seems about right, right? We really want that ice cream sundae. We really have a desire for that. We have a craving or I would say even our life goals the deeper emotion there is craving. We crave to complete this for any number of reasons. There is this craving there and this desire for something, to obtain something. Anger is coming in at 150 and the emotional state here is hate. So I just want to point out apathy is one, two, three, four, four energetic states lower than anger. So if you are angry in a relationship, feel better that you aren't apathetic in your relationship. And if you are apathetic, find a way to get mad in your, in your relationship because it's going to actually raise the energetic state to get you to a place to start talking, to start discussing and moving the conversation forward. Pride is at the energetic log of 175 and the emotional state here is scorn. Okay, so I had to hit pause because I needed to actually look up what scorn meant. But so again, pride 
is coming in at 175. And the predominant emotional state is scorn. And I had to look that up because I didn't exactly know what that meant. So I want to share that with you as well. The definition of scorn is the feeling or belief that someone or something is worthless or despicable contempt. I do not wish to be the object of scorn. That is totally not a sentence to define that. That drives me crazy. I would get in trouble in elementary school if I wrote a sentence like that for my vocabulary test. Anyway, scorn, the feeling or belief that someone or something is worthless or despicable, is the emotional state of pride. Now, isn't that interesting? Because pride is an imbalance of the solar plexus. And scorn would be as if we are allowing our ego to believe that we are not part of a collective consciousness. Once again, coming in with the counter chakra, we've got pride here in the solar plexus. And scorn is the believability that you are worthless. However, the crown chakra would tell you that we are all part of the collective consciousness. We are all part of the divine. We all have worth. We all have divine worth. So it is this imbalance here between the solar plexus and the true meaning of the crown chakra and definition of the day (laughs) and vocabulary word of the day. My husband and I have been doing that. We pulled out our daughter's old SAT cards and we've been learning one word a day so that we could expand our vocabulary even further. (laughs) Although scorn had not been on that. Although I can tell you, I would not believe that that's what scorn would have meant. I would have defined it differently. So I do feel like I learned a new word already. I hope you did too. Okay, next. Courage is at 200. And the emotional state here is affirmation. I do believe in order for us to feel courageous, to, to begin to feel courageous, we need to either motivate ourselves with an affirmation or have some inkling within us that affirms for us that, yes, this is the right choice. And now I'm going to be courageous and take 10 seconds of courage and start to move forward. But there is something within you that needs to affirm that choice first. Fascinating. So then we get to, after all of that hard work, (laughs) we get to a state of neutrality at 250. And neutrality is this tipping point. And I've actually seen this on other charts as hope, not just neutrality, but as hope, which I actually really like the word hope here, because I feel like we go through apathy, sadness, shame, grief, and anger. And then we have a seed of hope that shifts us into this believability that a different life is available to us or the possibility of a different life is available to us. And the predominant emotional state to neutrality at 250 is trust. This brings in that divine plan, trusting and knowing that just maybe if I use that courage, life is going to begin to shift for me. Life is going to begin to change for me. And I'm going to bring in even more incredible blessings into my life. Willingness is coming in at 310. And the predominant emotional state here is optimism. And have you ever been around an optimistic friend or a person? (laughs) They're always willing, right? They're always game to go 
Want to go to the baseball game? Sure. You want to go shopping? Sure. Do you want to go to ice cream? Sure. There's a lot of willingness that surrounds optimism because they're yes. They want to say yes to life and they are here to explore and give the energy of the world a chance. Acceptance is coming in at 350 and the predominant emotional state here is forgiveness. Now remember, forgiveness heals us. It never heals the other person. I mean, it might heal the other person, but first and foremost, it heals us when we forgive. It shifts our energy. And as we forgive, we offer acceptance to that person. It's okay. They were in that state. It's okay. This is what was happening with them when that happened. It's okay. I forgive you for treating me that way because this is all that was going on in your life. There's this state of acceptance that allows us to forgive. Reason is coming in at 400. And the emotional state here is understanding. And I would say that this is true, not just for science or math, but also within relationship. I would say to my kids, give me a reasonable explanation for what's happening or help me understand, walk me through what's just happened so that I can offer you a reasonable response, some reasonable guidance, and help me to understand what's happening here. When we have a greater understanding, we can offer more reason to our opinion. Love is coming in at 500 with a predominant emotional state to be reverence. And I looked up reverence as well for you. And for me, I generally knew what reverence meant, but I kind of wanted to feel into how reverence and love could be connected because to me, love is sacred. Love is raw. Love is wide and abundant and forgiving and open and juicy and connected and fun. But the definition, according to Oxford Languages, says that reverence is a deep respect for someone or something. So I would say, do we have to have respect to love someone? Maybe. I know in my, one of my most favorite movies ever, Jennifer Lopez's movie, The Wedding Planner, the dad talks about his arranged marriage with his wife. And he says that he met his wife on their wedding day and that first you had respect and then the respect turned to love. So I guess you would say here in that space that it was reverence first and then love. And maybe love is born out of reverence here. It certainly was for the wedding planner (laughs) or the wedding planner's dad. Joy is coming in at 540 with the predominant emotional state of serenity. And serenity is the state of being calm, peaceful, and untroubled, which really sets the stage for the next level because the next level up is peace at 600. And the predominant emotional state here is bliss. And to me, bliss is abundant. Bliss is joyful and happy and following your dreams and your passions. It is passion. It is happiness. It is joy all in one. And I would say there is a deep peace here in bliss. But sometimes I think bliss is like joyful, hair on fire, happiness, where I feel like peace is found in meditation. But I guess peace can also be found in the moments of every day as you are basking in your joy. And finally, enlightenment comes in at 700 to 1000. And the predominant emotional state here is ineffable, which 
once again, I am not even going to need to do my SAT cards today. <laughs> it's fine. Ineffable is too great or extreme to be expressed or described in words. So enlightenment is this moment. I like to describe it as the moment when you're holding a baby or being loved by a puppy, that it is this peace and love and joy all wrapped in one that is ineffable, that you can't describe that feeling. I mean, I can describe the situation that creates that feeling, but I don't know how I would explain that enlightenment moment. It is this moment of pure, unfiltered love. And on a different chart, I also had seen gratitude here in this space because gratitude is at the top of this chart and you can approach a situation. And the reason why I went through this chart, I think it's important to feel your way through these emotions. If you're in grief or shame or anger right now, how can you draw yourself up through this chart to achieve a higher vibrating emotion that will ultimately bring you into a higher energetic vibration because like attracts like. So if you are vibrating at a lower frequency, you will be attracting lower things. This is when you're in a bad mood and you leave the house and you hit all the red lights and there's no good music to listen to and everyone's cranky. This is your energetic frequency attracting the very same thing. But when you're in love and you skip out your front door and people hand you flowers and the perfect music is on the radio and you're singing along and you're hitting all the green lights, this too is also your energetic frequency matching the world and drawing in from the world the exact same energetic frequency that you are resonating at. So what does this look like going from lower vibe to higher vibe? I will include a link down below to a blog that I wrote several years ago that does this very thing. And we, it talks about how I started with writing angel birthdays after my mom died and I was in such grief and such shame about being in such grief. So as if grief isn't low enough, I was shameful and felt ashamed for feeling so much grief, which lowered my vibration even more to the lowest it could be. So here's an example of how you work your way up the emotional scale. If you would have told me 13 years ago that I'd be grateful for all that has happened, I would not have believed you. I was broken. I was so sad about my mom dying. I didn't understand why this all had to happen. I was not ready to fan that divine spark of moving my business forward. I wanted to remain in that chapter and hold on to her energy and all the memories we made together. One day, I felt brave enough to take a deep breath of courage, fan that flame, and begin again. That exhale of courage led me down a series of divinely guided events that helped me understand that it all actually had to happen. As a result of my mom's passing, I wrote Angel Birthdays to offer a children's book option for my family and other families. I began speaking and hosting grief workshops to spread the Angel Birthdays healing message. One day, my message began to shift and began to share how grief shows up in every aspect of our lives, not just when people die. Every life chapter change elicits grief. And because of this shift, I became a grief minister. Grief ministry led me to a Reiki practice. A Reiki practice led me to a hypnotherapy practice. A hypnotherapy practice led me to opening the Love Heal Thrive Center. The Love Heal Thrive Center provided all the clinical research I needed to complete my book, Establishing 
equilibrium. Now I am expanding my walls beyond the center to bring my message to an even broader audience. (laughs) This is actually pre-podcast. And I think to myself how proud my mom would be and how we both know this journey was meant to be experienced with her as the angel on my shoulder, guiding me and cheering me on much as she always did. Where in your life can you move from shame to guilt to apathy to grief, maybe to anger or courage or even just neutrality or hope in finding three things a day to be grateful for? This will help you to elevate your energetic frequency and move you up this chart faster and faster and faster. And as you do, you'll begin to attract more blessings into your life and higher vibrational people, events, and experiences. I cannot wait to hear in the comments down below and on social media. How are you moving up your emotional scale? How are you taking this lesson and applying it into your life, what three things are you grateful for? It is in that daily gratitude that we seek out and find more things to be grateful for. Good luck this week. I hope you find three amazing things a day to be grateful for so that you can continue to move your way up your map of consciousness. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and diving into this map of consciousness and the energetics of gratitude and how it all works. I hope you find your three gratitudes a day. Be sure to follow me on all my social media and love yourself enough to heal, heal yourself enough to thrive. Take care. Mm